Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. This is a recording of a Shabbat teaching with TBA rabbinic intern Rachel Cohn. I wanted to look at a part of this parsha that has to do with a a a short and sort of spontaneous song that I had forgotten was in this parsha. So before we get into that, let's just kind of jog our memories. What other songs do we read about in Tanakh? Any other songs you can, I think I have to unmute you. But Do you mean things like Song at the Sea? Great. I mean, that's a great one. Um, I'm just kind of to the idea of just having these in our minds for comparison when we look at the text of this one. So great. The Song of the Sea, um, very famous. We, you know, it's inserted into liturgy. Um, great. Any others folks can think of? Devora, Another great one. Um, I mean, th- those are the two main ones that come to my mind, but um, do do folks know of of other ones? I mean, Moshe's kind of speech at the end is known as a song, um, but it's not, it's not one that we think of kind of in the same way that we think of the other two that have been mentioned. It's not, it's, I guess it's more poetry than, mm-hmm. than we think of it being actually Actually, similar to Devorah, right? More poetry, less actual singing in celebration. Yeah. So, um, so I'll just encourage you to kind of think about, you know, like we've mentioned poetry, celebration. The Song of the Sea is a very, you know, it's kind of like redemption song. Um, there's these different paradigms for what a song might be and reasons that, that people might be singing them. So we'll kind of like come back to that for comparison when we get to the song that appears in this, in this parsha. Okay, so for context, before we get to the the song piece, that's the the crux of what I want to talk about. This is a parsha where both with both Miriam and and Aaron die, and interestingly, we see explicitly some of the communal response to when Aaron dies. We hear that the community mourns him for thirty days. Closer to the beginning of the parsha, though, we read that Miriam dies, and there's no explicit mention of how the community responds to her death emotionally, spiritually. We, what we see is the, that there's, you know, the verse that mentions that she dies. And then immediately after that, we read, so we're, if you have the source sheet, great. If you, if you don't have the source sheet, also great. We're in Numbers chapter 20, starting with just the first couple of verses. And then we'll kind of hop around through that, through chapter 20 and 21. So Numbers 20 verse 2 says, um, and there was no water for the congregation, and they joined against Moses and Aaron. So suddenly, after Miriam's death, we read that they're they're out of water, and people are understandably um, unhappy, displeased with that. So Rashi kind of fills us in, which we might have already been able to intuit from our our knowledge of Miriam as the water the water you know person. Um, Rashi reminds us implied because it comes immediately following the statement of her death, we may learn from this that during the entire 40 years, they had the well through Miriam's merit. So this adds some explanation, he's quoting a midrash, that there was this well associated with Miriam that fed them for um, the 40 years. So a couple things, though, to keep in mind about like the limitations of this Rashi commentary when he says the entire 40 years, we know from this Parsha that, that Miriam has died and Aaron has died. Moses has not yet died. If you think about the entire 40 years, the entirety of that has not happened yet. 
So what this, what we're seeing in this Parsha, I think, is some of the ambiguity about what happens to give the people water in between the almost entirety of the 40 years where Miriam is alive and sustaining them with her, her presence with this well and after that. But the other kind of remaining question that I still have, at least reading this Rashi, is, um, is that he says, Ha-ba'er, the well. But there's still a lot of lack of clarity about exactly like, was this a well that, that other people physically built, but only was sustained because of her spiritual presence? Did she personally like dig it? Did, did God move it? Did people move it? Like, you, you know, it's kind of a logistically complicated thing to imagine that a literal well was going to be traveling with people for 40 years in the desert. So, so that's super cool. You know, I like, I love that that she um, has this this effect on the community that she brings them water for 40 years. There's still some questions in my mind about exactly what had been happening prior to her death. And then kind of even more questions about what's going to happen after she dies, which the people share clearly because they bring these concerns to Moses and Aaron. Okay. So back to our story, the people are, the people are disgruntled and then not on the source sheet, but just to kind of recap what's going on in the story of the Parsha, there's the famous incident that ends up getting, you know, where Moshe gets his punishment that, that keeps him out of seeing, you know, bringing the people to the promised land directly where people are complaining, says he and Aaron fall on their face, which I personally interpret as they're also like, they just lost their sister and then they are dealing with a community of people who are now complaining to them about a physical need that may also be a spiritual need. So they don't know what to do either. And God gives these instructions that they're supposed to speak to a rock, gather the people, speak to the rock, it will provide water. So there's some talking, but then also Moses hits the rock. Seems like a small difference, but, you know, was was a, a grave mistake in the context of this story. And, and then God says, you, you know, you didn't honor me sufficiently in front of the people. They sort of like, you made me look bad in front of, you know, all my, all my peeps. And, um, and for this, you're going to pay the price of not getting to go into the promised land yourself. Um, we don't really, you know, there's, there isn't really a description of the response of like what, you know, Moses hearing that how that happens. And, you know, and Aaron too is going to, is going to die even before Moses does. So then they go on to dealing with some trying to get into the promised land itself and speaking to some local Kings and um, hitting a roadblock, having to reroute. And then where this song that we're going to read comes in is after having one seemingly miraculous military battle that does get them closer to their entrance to the promised land. So, um, so then we read, this is, um, source three on the source sheet. Is there anybody who has the source sheet who would like to read source three? Uh, Backrack family, whoever. (laughs) When Israel sang this song, spring up a well song to it, song to sing to it. Then Israel sang the song, spring up a well, sing to it. The well which the chieftains dug which the nobles of the people started with maces and their own staff. And from Midbar to uh, Mat- Matane, and from Mat- Matana- Matana to uh, Nihalel, from Nihalel to Bamoth, from Bamoth 
to the valley that is in, the, in this country of Moab, in the, at, at the peak of Piscay, overlooking the wasteland. Okay, so that's the entirety of this song. Somewhat different from the, the other two songs we were referring to, um, you know, like Song of the Sea, the Song of Devorah, that have, are kind of easier, you know, you could like look at them as a unit and like parse them out a little more. This one's, it's kind of short and not super immediately poetic seeming to me, um, but, you know, kind of intriguing, which is what, you know, captivated my attention and wanted to look at it more. Okay, so let's, for starters, let's look at the opening line of it. Az Yashir Yisrael. Similarities, differences to, um, like, let's think about Song of the Sea in particular in this moment. Well, isn't that when Az Yashir Moshe? Uvene Yisrael. Right. Az Yashir Moshe, Uvene Yisrael, Et Hashir Ahazot, Ladoshem. Okay, so, so yes, so a couple differences. Moshe is absent. And then also at the end of that line in Song of the Sea, it says they sang this song to God. So absent from this is, is Moshe and this dedication to God. So like who, who it's less clear what the purpose of this song is. Like it's not, it, I would think it's still kind of a, a song of thanks to God saying, Oh, you got us through this, you know, this period of hardship dealing with the, you know, one of the Canaanite peoples and also um, this longer track we've been on 40 years in the desert, but it's not, but it's not explicit. Um, and then like, it's, um, it's again, unclear when they say, um, you know, this song um, about the air, like a well in general. So it's like also unclear what, um, what well they are singing about. So um, what, if you're just reading this, you know, as is, what would you guess that they're singing, you know, which, which well do you think they're speaking about? I'll say that these place names are supposed to be different places through their desert wanderings. Is it even, is it clear at all who, what well they might be speaking about? Yeah, Marlies? Well, I was just wondering if it was the previous one. One ones that you were talking about before with Miriam, because all that time with Miriam. I mean, I don't know about the place names. Per se, this was from during the entire forty years, or, or what? What the time frame is? It's not a hundred percent clear, even in the commentary. Like it seems like the the gist of it is it's meant to it's meant to be over the course of the forty years. Um, but it's if that's the case, it's it's surprising to me that Miriam isn't mentioned in the song either, right? Like they say, the well the chieftains dug, the nobles started it with maces, and then the, it names a bunch of places, but it says nothing about you know about Miriam's involvement. Um, Tybel, well, the one in the on on in this source sounds so concrete with places and who dug it. Versus the Miriam sounds symbolic. Mm-hmm. So say more about that. Like you, it, it makes sense to you that she's not named explicitly or. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't necessarily think that, that I don't know, but the whole idea of Torah is water. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just seems that whatever the Miriam is, if it went, if it wasn't tied to a place that makes it more ethereal, more symbolic. 
and not an actual thing that got dug in certain places by certain people. Gotcha. So you're saying her contribution may be kind of at an, at another level than what this song is talking about. Sure. Or you can, you can, <laughs> you can <laughs> clarify more. Um, but you know, um, I, I hear that. I appreciate that, that the, this song is talking about some very specific kind of technicalities of how the well came to be. It doesn't preclude her involvement in kind of nurturing the, the continuation of that well. Okay. Um, very cool. So that's like, that's one possibility that they're talking about this same well with Miriam. The other possibility is that they're talking about some other spring or well. And the two main kind of branches that the commentaries take it are that it, like, you know, like we've kind of already suggested that it's the same well from the whole 40 years, or that actually the springing forth of water either in this situation or there's a very similar story in um in Exodus chapter 17 I believe but I think it's Exodus chapter 17 another time where Moses does hit a rock and it's okay some biblical scholars think that it's kind of an echo of the same story with different editors but taking it at face value. There was another time when Moses hit a rock and it was okay and water sprang forth. So sometimes the commentators are saying like, that's actually the spring that they're referring to is something that Moses directly, um, directly caused, but it's not, it's not a hundred percent clear what exactly they're singing about here. So we'll kind of hold those two possibilities and what it centers on the difference in those two main interpretations are in, um, what the, what this translation translates as um like started with maces the hebrew word is bimchokek and you can hear the word chok law in that word mechokek so one way of interpreting that is either that it's with a lawmaker and that's kind of interpreted as moses needed to be involved or um with like um with a staff and that's um the interpretation more of like it came directly from the rock with him um, so interestingly, this one didn't make it onto the source sheet, but just, just to kind of elaborate on this, Rabbeinu Bachia says his, his way of kind of understanding this is he says, after the death of Miriam, the well became reactivated only through the merit of the lawgiver Moses. So he says, you know, it is kind of the same well, but Moses then took on an important role after the death of Miriam. So this kind of, merges both understandings, perhaps, if we're saying um, that they're singing this song for, you know, in gratitude for the well that Miriam gave that, you know, helped sustain for many years, and in gratitude for Moses maybe taking over after she, um, after she died. Um, so just to kind of, oh, yeah, Larry? Yeah, Rachel, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. So you you've chosen Two verses, one from the beginning of chapter 20. Mm-hmm. Chapters have no meaning, but, and then the other from the middle of chapter 21, they're actually separated by quite a bit of, of action. Yes. So we've got the death of Miriam, and then immediately we've got the people saying that they, there's, there's no water, and then the story of Moses um, making this pronouncement uh, to the people Watch me strike the rock, you know, the right. water, and then God, and then God punishing him. And then following that, we've got a whole lot of interesting things that are happening about the, try, the trying to cross the uh, Edom and being refused. And then right. 
the king of Arad, and then they're they're marching from camp to camp, and then just the verse before it says, and then they get to Be'er, right, which is the well, and all of a sudden there's this song, and you you seem to be linking it to the original story about Moses striking the rock, and I'm just wondering why it's here and not there. Is this simply a, a question of biblical editing that the different versions got sort of pieced together? Or is this actually a different well and there's a different story and the song is related to a different story? Um, I admit I, I'm, I'm really confused about this story, uh, about the water stories, which are repeated back in Shemot and here right. seem to be different versions of the same story. Yes. Um, and one more thing, if I can ask you one more question. I'm looking at the Jerusalem Study Bible, and they've got two words I've never heard of. They write that, um, uh, talking about this song, it is an etiology for the toponym Be'er well. And I don't know, I, th- I can probably guess what a toponym is. It's when a place name is the name of yeah. the thing. Etiology et- like a name origin story. Aha. Uh-huh. But I don't know what an etiology is. So that's that's the the story of the origin of the name, and then I guess what they're saying is the story of the origin of the place name. Like sometimes it's there's a story about why a person gets a certain name. In this case, it's kind of a story about why a, a place got a certain name. So right. So what what I'm raising this as a as a question. Exactly what you pointed out, Larry. That there's kind of several different water situations going on here and I'm pointing out that this song happened here raising it as a question given that um, in part my wondering about it is that we don't hear of any formal mourning for Miriam we know that you know there's some kind of echoes of the song of the sea in the introduction to this song at least as how you know how I read it Az Yashir Yisrael I it, it seems like it would probably be bringing them back the people who would sing this while the initial inspiration might've been, you know, like the well at this, you know, site after they had a battle that they won. Um, it seems like there could be so many other opportunities for them to have these many moments of like, yay, we've got water. That's great. So it's curious to me that in the same Parsha, when Miriam, you know, when Miriam dies, they have this, you know, this like little water thinks song, that does mention places that are through, you know, throughout their 40 years of wandering. So, you know, part of my thinking is maybe like they had this one aha moment that caused them to sing, but it really kind of, it might've helped them process the death of Miriam who had sustained them for a much longer period of time. That's, that's kind of one of my theories about what's happening, but I'm, I'm, I'm raising it as a question because I think it's puzzling. Well, just to, well, just one more point. Yeah. Just before that, it refers to this, the book of the wars of, of, of Adonai. Mm-hmm. And then we switch to the water, the, to the water again briefly. And then immediately we go back to the wars. And just several verses later, we got a much longer song that's a song about a victory, I think. Which verses are you? Uh, it starts on, it's, 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 um, verse 27. There's a the bards would recite, so it's a poem or a, it's it, and it's it's a it's a longer um, poem or song, 
So it just, it just, I, I'm not criticizing what you're doing. I'm just, I'm questioning what, I'm, I'm confused because it seems to me like the text is all mixed up. Like little bits of scraps got thrown on the ground and the editor picked them up and put them in an almost a random, not a random order, but didn't bother to put them together the way they should have been put together. So I, I agree that there's a seemingly odd editing thing and without having <laughs> more particular insight into, you know, the, who people think the editors are for this section, it does seem like there's some randomness. And even like I was saying before, the two stories about hitting the rock, I read one article that says those, we read them as like two different things. The one time Moshe hit the rock and it, and it was okay. And the next time he hit the rock and it wasn't okay. But some biblical scholars think it's actually just two different versions of the same story where the outcomes were very different for, for Moses. Um, so I don't think this is clarifying really much of what you have to say, except that, that yes, it seems kind of doesn't make logical sense in all, in all cases. But, but the reason, just to go back to my own thinking about this, what I was, what I'm trying to highlight in this Parsha is that through the different pieces of the story, there is this theme of needing water, celebrating water, um, singing about water. <laughs> and, and like I said, if, if Rashi's suggesting that Miriam had sustained them for almost the entirety of their 40 years, I think that, you know, I would think she deserves some praise for that. And I wonder if we can kind of, kind of read that into this, um, to this situation. So, um, just to offer one other kind of, I mentioned there's the two kind of trains of thought in the commentary. Since it's ambiguous, as you pointed out, like which the air they're speaking about, is it something from, you know, the the previous one that Moshe took over when Miriam died or, or a more recent localized event? Um, so um, there's the Rashi that we have on this page, source number four, when it says the well princes dug it, it means the well that Moses and Aaron dug. That I mean, that doesn't even necessarily answer the question itself. I read that as saying they helped Miriam dig the initial well, but you could just as easily read it as, um, you know, that they dug a well like in the middle of this battle that they just won, and that was the cause for the song. Okay, but the but the other line of thinking, the the that it could have been Moses striking something and that was a a stream of its of its own accord. Another commentary from Urbanu Bachia is um says the reason that Moshe's name was left out of this song is that this very well was the cause of Moses having to to end his mission of leading the people to the Holy Land. So that kind of suggests that that Bachia is reading it as the the spring that they're speaking about is the water that came out of the rock that caused him to to have to not enter the holy land which to me is like is baffling that that's that they would be singing a song about that water although they needed water and it was helpful that he got it you know he got it out in that case um but again Bachia is saying like the very well that was the cause of Moses having to to end his mission of leading the Jewish people the reason that he had to die and be buried on foreign soil, like that's just an intriguing other read of what's going on here is that they're singing about Moshe getting them water from the very incident that caused him to have to, you know, not enter the Holy land, you know, in, you know, like intriguing. That's, that explains why his name is left out of it maybe. And then he goes on to say that God 
basically didn't want to be in the song if Moshe couldn't be in the song <laughs> too. So they like agreed to, you know, it's that it, it compares it to a king who, who says like, I'm only gonna, if, if this other noble person isn't going to be at the party, then I'm not, then I'm not going either. Um, but I think the commentators are also con- perplexed by this because there's a couple different of these explanations that, that in my mind are not complete explanations. The one that I find the most reassuring or, you know, best piecing together the stories is, is the prior Bakke comment that I gave that I found after I made the source sheet. So this is like really the only one that I needed to put on the source sheet because it provides a bit of clarity was that after the death of Miriam, the well became reactivated only through um, the merit of, of Moshe. So the last commentary I have on the sheet is from Rashi saying that um, the last, the place names at the end of the song that it ends with the country of Moab. The reason that it ends there is it says from that's where Moses died and that's where the well finally ceased to flow. So if we, if we continue with this interpretation, it seems like he's also in the camp thinking that Moshe took over the well when Miriam died and that it continued even until the, the death of, of Moshe. So we have maybe, maybe we can weave together a story here. There's a, there's a lot of ambiguity in this kind of um, cryptic small song that's inserted into this, into this Parsha with many different pieces. The story that I personally am, am looking to read into it part as my own like (laughs) connection to Miriam, I think if nothing else is as I alluded to before that, there are many different moments when they've been in the desert and needing water and it appeared. I think it's intriguing that it appears in this Parsha where she died. And we, we can weave together this story of kind of there being this transitional moment where other people take over the leadership of providing water to the people, specifically um, Moshe and provide some, some continuity. And this song maybe can offer a bit of connection to the Song of the Sea, this other moment when she's not named, but I think celebrated um, and and kind of honor that transitional moment of saying we don't have Miriam's leadership anymore and we're still going to be sustained through water, through this other leadership that's going to take over for her. That may not be the same, but it's going to continue to sustain the people. So yeah. <laughs> um, it's, you know, a kind of bizarre and specific scenario described in the song, but I, I kind of, um, I think it can be connected to a larger narrative about transition for the, the people at this, at this stage in their, in their journey when they're facing like loss and transition of, of leadership. So any, any other quick thoughts, questions? Tybal? Um, it's just a funny one. I, it may be the Debbie Friedman, but mm-hmm. is Elna Rafanala is not actually, there's nothing in the text that tells us it was sung. It's not yeah. a song, right? Mm-mm. So it's just Debbie Friedman. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's several different melodies for it, but in the text itself, it's something that that Moses, you know, like cries out to God, but it's, it doesn't appear as a song. A song. Yeah. And I had a question for Larry, cause he said Jerusalem study Bible. And I thought that was a, I mean, people may still use it, but I thought the Jerusalem one was, was a more Christian source. 
No, it's uh, the Jewish, if I said that. Oh, it's, completely. it's called the Jewish Study Bible. The uh, Adele Berlin one? Uh, I'll tell you the truth. I don't know the names of the different yeah. editors. Yeah, got got it. I, then uh, I Adele Berlin. It. Yeah, Adele Berlin and, um, and Mark V. Brettler. Then I, I think I misheard you. Never mind, because the Jerusalem is a Christian. Uh, never mind. It's Christian. So I thought, oh, that's an interesting source. But Jew- Jewish study Bible. It's a good one. Um, it's got right. very thin pages. So it's really I was about to, to say, it's very hard if you don't have fine motor control not to rip the pages. Yeah, it's, it, yes, it's weighty at, with knowledge and and <laughs> and size. You have been listening to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. If you enjoy these podcasts, we invite you to write a review on the Apple Podcast site or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about Temple Beth Am Los Angeles, go to tba.org.